Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing today, my love? I'm well. Here on this podcast, we share the stories and insights of other artists and creatives discussing their journeys, inspirations, and creative habits. But the Creative Habits Podcast is not solely about art, as we also explore topics in life that shape our creative outlook. In this episode, we delve into the subject of grief and how it affects us as individuals and as artists. Grief is a universal emotion that we can all experience at some point in our lives, and the ways we cope with it can differ greatly. Through sharing our own personal experiences and stories, we will explore the many ways grief can be processed and how it can ultimately impact our creative pursuits. Grief is a complex and multifaceted experience that typically, that is typically uh, associated with the loss of a loved one, but can also arise from other types of significant loss, such as a divorce, job loss, or major health diagnoses. From a scientific perspective, grief is thought to involve a complex interplay of biological, cognitive, emotional, and social factors. Grief is a natural response to loss, typically experienced when someone loses a loved one or something significant to them. It is a complex emotional response that can be felt in different ways, such as sadness, anger, shock, disbelief, guilt, and loneliness. The causes of grief can vary, including death, divorce, job loss, or significant life change. It is an essential part of the healing process, and everyone experiences it differently. It is a necessary experience that allows individuals to process and come to terms with their loss, adjust to life without their loved ones or significant events and move forward. How has your grief showed up for you? What was the feeling you experienced with your first loss? My first loss? um, Okay, so this is a small example. When I was born in a single-parent household, right? And um, I always told told myself when I got older I was going to have a conversation with my father you know, to see why he wasn't there or, you know, just see what went down between him and my mother. So 2008 comes by. um, I'm about to graduate high school, and I had the drive to go talk to my father. So right before graduation, my mother shows me um, a piece of paper. It was, um, what do they call it? It was a. De- it basically said my father passed away. An obituary. <clears throat> An obituary. Excuse me. <clears throat> and it said my father passed away in two thousand and seven. 
So I found out a year after his death that he passed away. And I um, just feel like a conversation that I will never be able to have with him. You know what I mean? So dealing with that put me in the kind of like a a downward spiral or kind of like a, a depression. And, you know, I wasn't invited to the funeral. Nobody on that family knew who I was so or where I was. So I was extremely hurt from, for, from that for a long time. Mm. But um, to be honest, I think I'm still dealing with it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for myself, I have um, my mother's sibling who actually played a huge part of me, like raising me, the one that I painted right there. Mm -hmm. But um, that was my dad. (laughs) Besides, he and my granddad used to tag team when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it was like a year, three years after I moved to the United States, a little bit after my mom got married, um, he died in a really bad car accident. Mm. And that was like my first conscious experience of like losing someone and it hurting really bad because that kind of was apparent to me. Mm. And I couldn't go to his funeral. I had stayed behind because financially it was impossible for mm-hmm. me to go with my mom and my aunt at the time. And I had been on holiday in Greece with my aunt and her um, her family and just remembering how devastating it was, you know? Like, you go through processes when, you, when you've lost someone and that process of grief is really tasking on your body. Yeah. So, like, I, my stomach was sore, you know? Like, I even threw up some <laughs> days mm. just having a physical illness because of loss. It was really hard for me to come from that. And um, <laughs> when, when I was in Greece, the song that I used to sing every day, like if I felt sad, was Yesterday, mm. the Boys to Men version, but just like kind of like singing it as a 12-year-old like to myself over mm. and over again to just get over it. It was, it was a hard time. Yeah, I don't think we ever get over it. I th- just think we learn how to move with it. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're supposed to get over a loss, you know, mm ever, no matter how big or small the impact that person or that significant life change had over our lives, I think we should learn how to move with it and work with it and, you know, just be conscious that we are human. We do have emotions. We are Mm -hmm. supposed to feel every emotion from the, 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 euphoric feeling of, of happiness all the way to, you know, the to grief. You know, it's it's all important and intricate in our in our life. Right. And what was really um difficult for me is because I didn't go to the funeral yeah. and see him leave, mm. I subconsciously would look for him, mm. you know, when I went back home and then forget, oh my gosh, I don't have an uncle anymore. Yeah. So I I would have moments where I'm like Damn, like, yeah. I you know because I, be, because I didn't see that process happening, mm-hmm. it was um it was a shock to me. So, two more things that um that just came to mind. This all happened around the same time my aunt Donnie passed away. Mm. Um, 
with cancer, mm. and she played a very intricate part of my my childhood and helping me grow up and you know stuff like that. And then my grandmother passed away a little bit after that, mm. and watching my moms and my aunt deal with that and being very close to my grandmother and my aunt, like those two women. You thought you think my aunt Brenda was funny, and my mother is funny. Those two women were hilarious, you know, and they always showed me love. My moms would always take always take me to my um, aunt Donnie's house to you know hang out so she can have a break for the weekend or something. Same thing with my my grandmother. My grandmother would make you know special food just for me when I go over there. She would sit in her corner, invite everybody. Uh, for the holidays, sit in the corner, smoke a little cigarette, drink her beer. And when she got tired of everybody, she kicked everybody to hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah. dealing with that loss, too, really, <clears throat> really um, bothered me. Because I know if she would have met you or, you know, if my aunt would have met you, they would have loved you as yeah. much as my mother and my aunt does that's living now. And um, I'm still dealing with that today as well. Like, it's yeah, it's It it's just tough. never goes away. You're actually right. Because I'm like, you have wonderful stories about your family, but um, I had actually two uncles that I lost mm. that, you know, played a huge role. One uncle, which was like, you know, my mom's sibling, but then an other uncle who was like a great uncle, mm. but they were the same age, so they will always be together. Yeah. And, you know, one passed from a car crash and the other one died from AIDS. Mm. Um but they saved my life one time. I don't know if I've ever told you the story, yeah. but they saved my life. Um, we were driving to, um, it was my great uncle's sibling, yeah. my grandmother's brother, yeah. and then my uncle, my mom's um, brother, and they were the same age. Yeah. We were driving to her house, and... There was a swarm of bees. I don't know if someone, like, hit the honey that the trees were, you know, mm. around. And, um, you know, like, basically somebody messed up the, the, the bees where they were staying. And they were just everywhere. But they're not just regular bees, right? Mm. They're killer bees. Oh, the, we the in real Africa. deal, yeah, the killer bees. <laughs> so they were killer bees. And um it was myself and my uncle's son mm. and um in our culture like we don't really have cousins the word is brother or sister mm. um just how our hierarchy and stuff works in the family um and so i was in the car with my brother and we we're sitting in the back because you know like in africa that you don't need like seat belts for kids i <laughs> so, mean you do but you don't right, need, no, you i don't mean like them. car seats yeah. you don't need car seats <clears throat> you do need seat belts but you don't need car seats that's that's what i meant i'm sorry not car seats so, um, my uncle had a pickup truck, mm. and, like, the hood was open, and we were sitting in the back of the pickup truck together, you know, just being kids, singing songs along with the music, and having a good time, sun was shining, beautiful. Then, all of a sudden, my, um, my great uncle starts to scream, and then my other uncle is, like, says a swear word, like, oh, you know, like, whatever, mm. but without even thinking, one is driving, and then the other one, like, hops out the car while the car is driving to cover us. He took his shirt off and covered us with the blanket. Mm. But while he was doing that, like, they were getting stung. 
So we have one who's driving and getting stung, and another one who's covering us and getting stung. You guys didn't have windows you could roll up in there? But we were in a pickup truck. The kids were in the back of the pickup oh. truck. You know what I mean? They had shelter, but they were like, let's save the children, oh, and we can get fucked up. That's serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, really. So my cousin did get stung, mm. but not in the places that could be deadly like, so kind of like you know his leg it was really bad but it mm. wasn't as much they were like thousands of bees when i tell you like when they saw it it was like a big circle of bees every like Jeez, and you know yeah. how bees kind of confine mm. so like, like a they shadow were, of yes bees. it was a shadow of bees i've never seen anything like it it scared the shit out of me and i was probably like a year older than want me at the time mm. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he covered us with the shirt but all you hear is both of them screaming, like, ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and by the time we get to the house, because literally we were just about to pull up in the house, and the bees were, like, in the middle of, like, the driveway of all these houses. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, in the suburbs. So, you know, like, it's people that are at work. Like, we were the only ones that ever had it there. And my great aunt had a school, so we were just going to her house to have, you know, tea time. But mm. she ran a school, so. Tea time. I'll explain that later. By the time we got to her house, they look like, you know, um, when Martin had an allergy reaction on the Martin show, they look like that. They look like straight up monsters because they got messed up so bad. It was so bad. Like, they couldn't talk. Like, even them trying to explain the story, it was bad. So, Mm. you know, they had to go to the emergency room. But we could have died because of the amount of bees that were out there was insane. Mm. That's and then serious. we saw, like, people on the ground, like, even. That's how they, I feel like they knew. Because people were on the ground, like, holding themselves like this. Like, shaking from. You guys should have. Um, the killer bees. Ran into a river or something. There wasn't a river around. Mm. So, yeah. But anyway, I, I I think of that. But it was also funny because both of them were huge drunks. Mm. But conscious drunks. You know what I mean? Like, they can go about their day and still be able to, like, you know, function. But. It was just, both of them were, like, the best together. Like, really awesome. But anyway, so when I lost both of them, like, I lost them (coughs) at a time that I had just moved here. So I couldn't attend their funeral. And that was really difficult for me Mm. to process. But also to remember when I went back that they're no longer living. Mm. You know, that was always something, like, because I'm not around them all the time. It's like you, you assume when you go back home, everything's the same, but... The older also I got, like, when I went, when I was pregnant with Wami, that was, like, really hard for me because, like, the people I expected to still be around, they all passed. Yeah. One thing about grief and and the 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 final, the finality of, of death is, you know, death is certain for everybody. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> it's a natural part of our life. Mm-hmm. And... I think that being born is just as important as transition, transition transitioning into another place or realm or no longer being here. Absolutely. I think that we as a society should understand that, yes, it's important. Um, sometimes it happens before we realize it or, you know, somebody can die of old age or whatever. But I think grief is, I don't want to say selfish, 
Well, I think that, <clears throat> yeah, I will, I will say self. This is a little selfish in a sense, you know, uh, mm, because yeah. we that. want them here with us. You know what I mean? We miss them because we have all the memories and, you know, maybe things we haven't said to them. Or it's like <clears throat> God, <clears throat> God had other plans for them. You know what I mean? And we can't control what life and death is. You know, we, we have to come to terms and accept it, you know, instead of, I don't believe that people should cry at funerals. You know, we should be celebrating hmm. life, the life that was here, the life that spent time with us. And, you know, we should celebrate that life rather than mourn that life. Um, I can see your perspective. <clears throat> However, I disagree. So I disagree because I think grief is a normal human reaction. Mm. If someone, lo- like if you lose someone, automatically you're not, you know, jumping up with joy. There's a certain level of sadness, mm. right, that that person has transitioned. Mm. It, it, I look at it as, okay, you can have an opportunity in, within the process of grief to be sad, to be angry. This is unfair. But then you also have the mourning process, which is more ritualistic and more of an understanding that, yes, this person has transitioned, but let's remember the good memories. Let's remember this. So I, yeah. I think it's like a like emotions are seasons. And I think Greece also has its own level of seasons that you go through in order to get over or to understand that some person went from one stage of their life to another. Um, Let me tell you something. Like, if something were to happen, right, to mm. you, I'm not going to think about the good times immediately. Mm. I'm going to be like, why now, you know? And that could be selfish of me, but it's like our connection or, like, our feelings towards one another, that is devastating. And I think it's okay and healthy for people to be sad because they've lost someone. I'm not saying it's not okay to be sad or I'm not saying that we should be jumping for joy. All I'm saying is that we should still celebrate the life, Mm -hmm. the relationships, the contributions Mm -hmm. um, that that person shared with us, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Excuse me. It's just really weird that we look at death as a really negative thing when it's just a natural part of life, you know, is the process of life. And we know that energy never dies. It just transforms into something else, you know, the ancestors or, you know, going to heaven or whatever you want to believe. Like, God forbid... Hopefully, I die of old age, you mm-hmm. know, 98, 99, 100, whatever. 120. <laughs> right. But if that doesn't happen, all of the contributions that we shared with each other, all of the good times, the bad, whatever, it still molds us, and we still have, you will still have something to live for. You know, mm-hmm. we share a, a child, mm-hmm. you know, um, I will live through him, you know, just like my ancestors lived through me. It'll just be a a cycle, you know, and I just think that we should 
celebrate um, the good times. And because death, death brings a lot of depression, right? My grandmother died. Seeing my mother take care of my grandmother, she had cancer. And she was very frail. And she lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And it looked like the skin was falling off of her. Mm. And when she finally passed away, I seen my grandmother in that um, casket at the weight. It was like the, one of the most traumatic things I've ever seen in my life. She was not too, like much before that, before she got too sick, she was vibrant. She was active. She wasn't supposed to smoke cigarettes, but she still smoked the cigarettes and drank her bed. You know, um, she stayed in that corner in her, on her chair, on um, on her couch. You know, she would watch Jeopardy and Price is Right and, you know, scream at the TV and ask me if I had, have you eaten or slide me like $20, $30, and, you know, in the, in the palm of her hands. Like, she still did that into the time of her transition. And when I seen her, and that casket, it just totally ruined me. I I told myself I would never go to another funeral. It sounds messed up. No, I hear you. But I told myself I would never go to another funeral ever in life unless it was, like, somebody <clears throat> extremely close to me. But and, and with that, you would still have to force yourself to, to be exactly, in Exactly, you know. Um, mental state to handle. Because mentally, it just, whenever somebody now passes away from me it mentally takes me back to seeing my grandmother Mm. in that casket and it totally brought me down like I was down for at least two or three years didn't leave the room um smoked heavy drank heavy like I was like on the verge of you know just on the deep end yeah that's really sad to hear right so I had to pull myself out of that and Understand that it's all a part of the process, you know. Mm. It's all a part of the process. I'm a product of somebody who had a child and another person who had a child and another person who had a child and another person who had a child. And our ancestors lived through us since we share that same gene. We share that same DNA. And I think that when I pass away of old age of 120, yeah, I will still live through our child or our children as you will through our child and our children. Yeah. You know, I like that, but it's it's so funny. I mean, I'm glad how we're having this conversation because I look at it from a different perspective. Like I'm. So traditionally, what I've learned <laughs> from, like, just my upbringing and, like, my family and my culture, like, there's a certain stage of, like, death, right? Mm-hmm. So I hit funerals, too, but I understand the process of, like, what needs to be done inside of it. So, mm-hmm. for example, when my other uncle passed away, I had to, both of my uncles have, are late. So when my other mom's brother passed away... And I was able to go to that funeral. When we arrived, there were already a whole bunch of people in the house. Mm. And culturally, you're supposed to cry with the family. Mm. You cannot enter without crying. 
you know, to show your condolences or show your sympathy, but you're supposed to cry together. And so you have about three or four days that you're just crying, mm. you know, but then the crying also is added with music and dance, mm. but the coffin comes to the house. Mm. So everybody, like literally, I can't even remember who came in the house, but I feel like they were like a total of 500 people that mm. came in throughout the week and they would do the same thing. So it's like they will come crying, but then the family also started crying. So all you would hear is like music in crying, mm. you know, like just literally there was a the sound of crying. So you did that for a couple of days or maybe a week or so until the funeral. By the time the funeral hits and we have that ceremony, that's when, you know, you start to share the good times and all of this stuff. Mm. But there was a process like it was always a process. So you have a process of grieving where it's like crying and all of this stuff. Mm. You have your music, your drumming that happening, like all of that is a process. So looking at you saying that you never go to the funeral again or like not being in that state that's very traumatic for you. Looking at it, it's like it's probably traumatic, but it was probably helpful for you to go through that process. Because mm. if imagine if you didn't go to your grandma's funeral. Before that, I never really thought about death. Mm. You know, it, I see. Of course, I see it in movies or shows or whatnot, but it it wasn't relatable. Right. You know, and that was like my first time. For my second time, like really experiencing it, and just seeing my mother, my grandmother sit there, and my mother in the funeral with her sunshades on, sunglasses on, just bawling like. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It was too much fun for anyone, but just like everyone has a birthday. Mm. Or a birthday party. I think like transitioning is also people don't ceremony. cry when when babies are born. No, it's a but it's a different season. Mm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's summertime, but it's not always summertime. Yeah. Sometimes things happen where you have to transition or somebody passes, but you still have to go through that grief. You still have to go through that process because it's human. Mm. You know, and I know it's hard. I'm not even knocking that for you. I'm not trying to tell you to change. But looking from it from a different perspective, it is also healthy to do those things like cry, to see that person gone. Because imagine if you weren't, if you didn't go at all, right? Mm. You would still mentally think that you're, you're, like my uncle, like I still mentally think sometimes, oh shit, he's not here. Mm. Because I didn't go through that grieving process. Like, You know what? Vikings had it figured out, right? You ever heard of a, a Viking burial? No, please explain. So... When a a Viking would pass away, right, all the family and friends and relatives would come, and the Viking is at um, is is virtually burnt, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> yeah, I have heard. Yeah, yeah, so it's like you know a lot of wood and whatever, whatever, and all this gasoline and stuff like that, and they put like. Um, some type of, I don't know what they call them, like coins on 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 the eyes, and and sew the mouth shut so the soul doesn't escape and wander the world or whatever. And they basically just you know just burn the body and it's <laughs> and and have a, a like a a party afterwards, mm. you know. Like I I don't want nobody, 
when I die, pass away of old age of 120. I don't want anybody crying. Don't cry for me. You know, I I graduated. You know what I mean? <laughs> I made it to the next <laughs> the next step. I graduated. You know, it's a celebration. I want y'all to celebrate all the good times we had. You know, um, I graduated the school of life now. I'm on to my next step. You know, you shouldn't feel sad for that. Yeah. You know, you should celebrate that. And, I mean, that's kind of like what happened when my granddad passed away, right? Mm. So it was all a shock to us because it was so sudden. But by the time it ended up being the actual funeral, it was more of a celebration. Mm. Even though we were angry or confused, it was still like, wow, like, let's celebrate the legacy of the person Mm. who did so much, you know, who created so much and all of that. And then you had the memorial, and that's the thing, it's like you have the funeral, sad time, crying, but then you have a memorial, right? Mm. And that's an opportunity to say the things that you weren't able to say because you were in a sad state. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's really touchy because I'm like, I wouldn't feel the same way as far as like what Mm. I feel with the process of grief as you. And I think both of our ways of grieving is valid. I think a lot of grief is different for everybody. Exactly. And also, I wanted to kind of like flip the subject from away from death and realize that grief can come in different seasons for Mm. different things. So, for instance, breakups bring grief as well. Child loss. Loss. Child loss brings grief as well. Mm. So a lot of the things that we encounter in life can be experience of grief, but it could be for something different. It does not always have to equate to being... Mm. You know, death equals grief or grief equals death. It's loneliness. Always, loneliness could give you a sense of grief. Mm. Speaking of loneliness, there was an article that came out about how when we were in the pandemic, a lot of people, after coming outside and after going back into the general population, like doing our regular routine. Keep hitting that microphone. But go ahead. <laughs> um, keep doing that routine is that... Um, People have been having challenges with loneliness. So they've been, like, let's say people that don't have partners or that Mm. genuinely just do things on their own because they were confined in this space so much. They have a habit of now being lonely and don't know how to go back into general population. Mm. Or people finding that they don't have anyone to connect with after the pandemic and are having a hard time, like, putting themselves back out there. I don't think they don't have anyone to connect with. They just forgot how to connect. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, Mourning, grief, and loss affect people in different ways depending on factors such as their personality, culture, age, and prior experiences with loss. Some common reactions to grief and loss may include Physical symptoms such as fatigue, headaches, and changes in appetite or sleep patterns. Emotional reactions such as sadness, anxiety, anger, and numbness. Behavioral um, changes such as withdrawal from social activities, increase in alcohol or drug use, or difficulties concentrating spiritual or existential questions about the meaning and purpose of life and death. 
People may experience these reactions for different lengths of time, depending on the severity of the loss and their support systems. Some people may benefit from professional counseling or support groups to help them cope with their mourning and grief. Grief can inspire creativity by triggering a range of intense emotions that can be channeled into various creative outlets. For example, someone who is grieving may channel their pain into writing, uh, painting, or music. Additionally, the process of creating art can provide a sense of purpose and help individuals navigate their grief by providing a healthy outlet for processing complex emotions. Is that what happened to you? Yeah. When did you start ph- photography? Around that time when you lost so many people? Yeah, around that time. I mean, I used to write a lot too. A lot of poetry and stuff like that. But yeah, that, that definitely uh, led to, you know, being more creative. Let's pause real quick. Grief can also lead to greater empathy which can be showcased through creative works that connect with others who are going through similar experiences. Ultimately, the process of creating can provide a space for healing and allow individuals to transform their pain into something beautiful and meaningful. Um, Here are some general tips on how a person can process grief. Allow yourself to feel the pain. One of the most crucial things in the initial stages of grief is to allow yourself to experience the emotion that comes with it, such as sadness, anger, guilt, or even numbness. Talk to someone. It's important to share your feelings with someone you trust, like a friend, a family member, or a therapist. Talking about your emotions can help you process them take care of yourself during this time it is important to make sure you're taking care of yourself by eating healthy exercising staying hydrated and getting enough sleep seek professional help if you're struggling to cope with your grief it may be helpful to seek professional help from a therapist or counselor remember the good times although the loss may be overwhelming Try to remember the happy memories you shared with your loved one. This can help ease the pain and bring comfort. Find a new routine. After losing someone close, you may need to create a new routine that includes time to grieve and time to focus on other areas of life. Allow yourself to heal. Grief is a process and takes time. Allow yourself the time you need to heal and don't rush the process. Don't rush the process. Feel every emotion, you know, because it's all necessary. Mm-hmm. We're all human at the end of the day. No one is uh, perfect and no one is superhuman. All right, guys, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh,